Hope you're feeling brave this afternoon because the Word of God is coming. And uh, I want to welcome Nathan to come up here and deliver it for us tonight. Give him a hand as he comes up. Thank you very much. That is perfect. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Bam. Hey, you've been working hard all Christmas season, so I'll give you, well, it should be 15 minutes, but it could be 35 the way I preach. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. It's New Year's Eve. We're all on the countdown. <clears throat> so at least try and let you get to your, um, yeah, everyone else take a seat too. <laughs> I'll at least get you, uh, let you get to your midnight event before I finish my Cool. Back up. So, yeah, welcome to our New Year's Eve service. Who, who appreciates the sleep in tomorrow morning? Yeah. Yes. Cool. I would be envious to be able to sleep until 10 a.m., um, but <laughs> it's not a reality with three young kids in our, in our household. Uh, but uh, now we're actually going to have some cards handed out. Um, once they come out of the bag. Uh, tonight is a special service. It's not something we uh, do. I don't, I don't know if last time we've done this sort of thing. Uh, being New Year's Eve and, and having the, the sleep in tomorrow, we thought a uh, perfect opportunity, the end of one year, the start of the next, to think about the coming year, but not in the terms of just... Now, that was 2016, this is 2017. I have some resolutions. You know, they are resolutions. They can be about, um, they might be about diet or weight or about finances or about jobs, about things that we might want to change. But I wanted to think beyond that and think to dreams and think to the heavenly things and to think what God might have for us for the coming year and what has been, because yeah, uh, I, I just laugh. Honestly, I, I laugh every time I go on Facebook at the moment. 2016 was a year. Whatever, insert whatever word you want. Uh, but usually it's on the negative side. Often it, you need to press shift and the numbers at the top to, to get that sort of the right sort of word out. But there's a small little podcast we did in the Advent series on hope. We talked about hope there. And just, just a super quick recap. It's like, when we have our hope in eternity, when we have our hope in Jesus Christ, then it gives us a perspective on what is to come and what has been. And yes, a whole bunch of celebrities have died. And in the arts and the media world, you know, Star Wars, I'm slightly concerned about what they're going to do with episode nine. Now Carrie Fisher's not around. But <laughs> anyone else? Star Wars has. Great talent. Um, it's just one person. But there's so, so many other things that, that have happened and that God's so much bigger and it's just one year and, and there's so much better to come. When your hope is in eternity, when your hope is in Jesus Christ, then it puts everything into perspective and you keep looking forward. So that's what I would like us to be doing tonight, to ha have those cards. We'll talk about them more later, but just to think about what your dreams are for next year, but what God's dreams are for you for next year as well. And later we'll have an opportunity to give you some time to discuss it in uh, maybe couples or family units or if, if you're by yourself to have some time to think about that and to, to write that down. 
And then we're going to invite everybody forward to be prayed for. I'll pray for everybody here. And then Pastor Chris and Vicky will anoint everybody's dreams with oil. So we want you to start your celebrations and your welcoming in 2017 with the touch of God, with the anointing on your dreams for the coming year. So who's a little bit excited about that? I am. It's cool. And uh, I feel pretty stoked and privileged to have the opportunity to do this message at this time, because I like talking about the future. So it's cool. Uh, Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for the year that was. We reflect on, on all the great things that have happened this year. The change and the progress and the growth that has happened in our church, C3 Norwood. The new things that have happened in our families. The new jobs, new opportunities, new relationships, new people that have come into our world. We thank you for all the great things that have happened in the past year. And we pray tonight you would anoint this word. You would speak to everybody, even right now, you are revealing dreams and possibilities for people that that might have been suppressed in the past. Pray you'd unlock dreams tonight and set us all for a bright 2017, a strong 2017 and an anointed 2017. Jesus' name. Amen. So, being a dream service, thought, who could I talk about in the Bible to do with dreams other than Joseph? Somebody who I relate to very well because we're both quite dreamy. No, no, no. I've got a little mental note of how well we respond to my jokes. So just to recap the story, for those that may not know, I'm going to try and summarize 13 chapters of the Bible in quite a short space of time, but really it's about four chapters. So Joseph is a 17-year-old. He's a teenager. He's one of 12 sons to his father. Um, there were three mothers. Uh, family life was a bit different back in those days. <laughs> uh, sorry? Or, or not. Yeah, 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 true. I'll try not to get myself in trouble. So at 17 years old, he has two dreams. He dreams that, in essence, his brothers will bow down to him. It was one of the dreams was there were a wheat field, there were bundles of wheat, and all the other bundles of wheat bound down to his bundle of wheat. The other dream was stars in the sky. He was one star, one star. the brothers were 11 others, and they all bowed down, their stars bowed down to his. So being a teenager, maybe not being too wise, he shared those dreams with his brothers. Well, that's a great idea. When you've got 11 brothers... Share anything that uh, might set yourself above the others in any shape or form and create any sort of jealousy. You know, great advice, great wisdom. So he was mocked by his brothers and his father sent him out to them with some food. They saw him coming and said, there's Joseph. Who does he think he is to that we're going to bow down to him? Let's see how he likes this. Let's kill him. So they plot to kill him, and as they approach, they 
they put them in the uh, hole in the ground while they decide how they're going to do it. And then one of the brothers convinces them, look, here comes a bunch of slave traders. Rather than kill our brother, let's take his cloak, his the Technicolor dream coat, if you don't see any musicals, let, let's, let's get his coat, let's kill an animal, sprinkle it with blood, we'll take it back to our dad, he'll think that he was mauled by an animal, we'll say so. But let's just sell him as a slave. So we don't kill him, but we just won't see him ever again. Oh, brothers. Okay, cool. That's, that sounds good. So he was sold to the passing traders as a slave, and then he gets to Egypt. And Potiphar, his household, purchases Joseph as a slave. In that household, he finds favor because he's favored by God. He's, uh, he does show wisdom, and everything he puts his hand to sees success. So eventually, he's put in charge of the whole house of Potiphar. Nothing is out of reach uh, of Joseph. He has all authority in the household to run the affairs of the house, except for Potiphar's wife. That's true. So, but Potiphar's wife, the Bible says, Joseph was handsome and, and well-built. See, I totally relate. Okay, it's, it's an improvement. It's good. It's good. We get it there. So Potiphar's wife takes a liking to this handsome Joseph and tries to get him to sleep with her on multiple times, several occasions. He refuses her advances, so she accuses him of rape, grabs his cloak and uses that as evidence, says, this person who this cloak belongs to tried to rape me. So Potiphar uh, believes his wife, does not like this, and puts him in prison straight away. So the prison he is put in is Pharaoh. Pharaoh is the king. It's put in the king's prison. There again, he is favored over many years and favored by God and put in charge by the, the chief jailer, put in charge of a part of the prison to run the affairs because everything that Joseph does and looks after succeeds. All the prisoners are doing the right things. Uh, there's industry going on in the prison and everything under his authority and responsibility is working out. So he, he finds favor. And then, at a certain time, two of the king's servants are thrown in jail. This is 11 years after the dreams. So some of the timelines in between. He was 17. This is 11 years later. It's about half my life. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> So for those that don't know me, that's a joke. It's about a third of my life, almost. <clears throat> so 11 years later, just to just putting the time there, just to remember. So two of the king's servants are thrown in jail, a baker and a cupbearer. And they both have dreams. The cup, they both have dreams, and Joseph says, well, I, I can help you with that, because I had dreams once, and... Um, I'm pretty sure I know what they were about, so let me have a go interpreting your dreams. And they're not too sure. Like, you know, Joseph is respected, but we're not really sure what's going, if this will work. So one of them has a go. The cupbearer says, has a dream. And basically, the result of the dream is in three days, the cupbearer will be restored to his position in the king's court, bearing the king's cup, the pharaoh's cup, and all will be good. 
great. That's a great interpretation of a dream. So the baker says, how about me? Has a similar dream, uh, but about three days, but he has loaves of bread on his head, and the birds come and are pecking at the loaves of bread. So Joseph says, sorry, I don't have good news. In three days, you're going to die. Yeah, oh dear, oh dear. So what happens is in three days' time, there's a festival and Pharaoh brings the two prisoners in, the cupbearer is restored to his position and the baker is killed. And Joseph had said to the cupbearer, he said, remember me when you're in your position and the dream comes true, make sure you tell Pharaoh about me. Remember me. The cupbearer does, but it's two years later. The Bible says he actually forgets about Joseph. It's only when Pharaoh has two dreams of his own that none of his wise men can interpret. Uh, when he has two dreams of his own that no one else can interpret, then they're asking around, hey, where can we get the, the meaning of this dream? Where can we get the meaning? And at that point, the cupbearer says, oh, excuse me, Pharaoh, I should have remembered this guy two years ago, but Joseph interpreted two of our dreams and they both came true just as he said they would. I was restored, now the guy died. Bad news for him, but both dreams, has a 100% hit rate on interpretation of dreams. So Pharaoh says, great, bring him in straight away. I want to hear from him, I want to meet him, I want to, him to interpret my dreams. So Joseph appears before Pharaoh and interprets the dreams. And basically the two dreams say, there's going to be seven years of plenty coming to the land of Egypt. Seven years of abundance of food, represented by uh, fat cows and uh, eating lots and, and lots of produce. The country is going to prosper. It's going to have an abundance of everything that is needed, followed by seven years of harsh, harsh, harsh famine, where there will be nothing. There will be no food on the land. So Joseph says, we'll have seven years of plenty, seven years of drought, so you need a wise man to... Uh, to run the affairs and run the economy of the country to make sure that you can get through that seven years of famine, to make sure there is enough at the end of that. So Pharaoh says, good point. I need a wise man that is in touch with these things and understanding the words of God. So no one else has been able to do it. So you've been in prison, look after part of the prison. Cool. How about you be my prime minister? Basically, he says, you are my right hand. Everything in the kingdom is yours. You have all authority. There's no one in the kingdom higher than you except me. So I want you to run everything and what you say seems good and true and no one else has come up with an interpretation that, that makes any sense. So Joseph goes about for seven years storing up 20%, one-fifth of the, uh, the produce and the grain harvest every year, storing it up in huge barns, and they lose count. This is too much. There's an abundance. And then seven years of famine come. The country is, is doing okay because it's got food. And people can buy the food and, and the people are living. And there's so much food, and it's the only country that has got this abundance that people from other countries start coming to, to buy the food. Because notice Joseph didn't save one-seventh for each year. He saved one-fifth. So each year he's saving, I didn't do the maths on it, but he's saving more than what is going to be needed for an annual basis. There is an abundance in the kingdom. 
So in this story, two years into that drought, that famine, Joseph's family are in need of food. And Joseph's father sends the brothers to Egypt to buy some grain. So at this point, Joseph would be 39 years old. 22 years since he's seen his family, just to put the numbers together. So that's kind of the the framework of the story, and we'll work with it a little bit more. But it's interesting, there are three times in the story there are dreams, and each time they're in pairs. I sort of did a little bit of research on why dreams come in pairs. I don't have any authoritative answer, but they came in pairs, maybe to confirm the other. Uh, But one, Joseph was a teenager, and he was 17, has these dreams. Then the other prisoners, there are two dreams, two prisoners, a dream each. That was 11 years later. Then Pharaoh has two dreams. And what we get to is Joseph's dreams, in the end, the dream of Joseph as a teenager, the age of 17, dreaming that his his brothers will bow down to him, is not fulfilled for 22 years. When his family comes down to Egypt to buy grain, and he is in charge of the whole economy. So anyone from another country that wants to buy grain has to meet him and he gets to screen them. And then at that point, all the brothers bow down to him because they don't know who he is. He's dressed in Egyptian, he's got an Egyptian haircut and clothes and if you watch The Mummy, you know Egyptian um, makeup and any other sort of Egyptian movies and you'll know what they look like because you've got the photographic evidence. So he's unrecognisable. He was brought up as a Hebrew, but in the last 13, uh, 22 years, he's been living uh, as an e- Egyptian. But that is the fulfillment of his dream. Now, how did he get there? Because, you know, you might think, oh, dream says, yeah, I like to dream. God's going to give me a dream, and it's going to be lovely, and we're going to achieve great things. But his dream was achieved... There's a whole bunch of other stuff that happens. We'll get to that in a moment. But he showed honor. He was shown favor, and he worked hard through that time. It didn't just kind of fall into his lap. He was doing, looking after part of his house, showing incredible integrity. There's not one bad word spoken about Joseph. And then he's looking after Pharaoh's affairs, looking after the whole kingdom, the whole economy. So he was showing great character, and he was working hard. But the key here is Joseph's original dream was not fulfilled until he had helped fulfill others' dream. Joseph's original dream as a teenager that God gave him for the future came about by being a part of others' dreams being fulfilled. So what does that mean for us? Well, we're part of a community here. I've got dreams. I know some people here have dreams. I know we've got movie director dreams. I know there's family dreams. There's church dreams. Chris and Vicky have led this church for 20 years next Easter. Is that right? We're going to have a celebration of some sort. It's going to be exciting. Others have dreams, career dreams and family dreams. You know, as, as I talk to Brendan about his movie directing dreams, it sparks ideas for, for my dreams and what I've been doing, we kind of bounce ideas and iron sharpens iron. 
And as Carmen and I are raising kids and we have dreams for our kids and we talk to other parents, we get ideas and wisdom and it helps fulfill our dreams for our kids and maybe it's helping fulfill others' dreams who want to help others raise good kids. Like as a part of a community, we can't separate ourselves onto an island back here it's by myself because our dreams are intertwined. They all work together. And then as part of C3 Norwood, we have the exciting news that we have a lease of the building across the road. So we have a permanent place in the community. We have a dream and a vision for what C3 Norwood can be in the eastern suburbs of Adelaide. And then as we volunteer, as we work hard, as we are diligent with the gifts God has given us, we collectively can see God's dream for Norwood, God's dream for C3 Norwood, God's dream for Pastor Chris and Vicky, for their dream for the church. Collectively, we can see this dream fulfilled. See, Joseph's dreams had to go through a lot of things. You know, I was saying it's not airy-fairy, these dreams are all, all happening nicely. They had to go through mockery and laughter by his own family, jealousy, death plots, being sold to slavery. Does anyone want a dream right now? Hard work, doing the right thing. Okay, those things I can live with. Being given, being given great position, not sounding too bad. We're, we're getting there. Entrapment and false, false accusations. Yeah, kind of on the downward spiral again. Imprisonment, yep, pretty bad. More time in prison, and more time in prison, and more time in prison. We don't know the exact time frame, but it was 11 years, as I said a few times. But he's given responsibilities, he's growing. He interprets others' dreams, and then still has to wait two more years. For the impatient, that can be a lifetime. Then he fulfills others' dreams. And then still, it's seven years of work. Seven years of the plenty in the kingdom. <clears throat> seven years of leadership. And then two years of famine until the dream is finally fulfilled when his family travels to Egypt to buy some grain. So all of that took 13 years for him to get to prime minister, to be in that position where people could bow down to him, and then more to see his family. Your 2016 might have felt a bit like Joseph's life. Might have been sold to slavery or there might have been jealousy or there might have been a whole bunch of stuff coming against your year, your dreams, your life. Maybe it wasn't 2016. Maybe 2016 was okay, but how about this decade? God's dreams for you that maybe you had six years ago, almost seven years ago, Maybe you felt like that up and down and down and down and up and down and down and down Joseph's spiral. A few highlights, a lot of lowlights in between. Maybe your 2000s, maybe the last 16, 17 years. Or maybe the whole life up to this point has felt like that kind of struggle. There's been a dream there, but it's felt like a struggle. Well, what I'm here to tell you tonight is your 2017 can and will be different. It doesn't matter what has been in the past, your 2017 can be different. And as some people know, and I had somebody message me on Facebook this week, 
I don't particularly like resolutions. I'm not a resolution person. Uh, in terms of, yeah, I don't know, just, there's a lot of jokes about how they kind of last a week and then I, I saw one on Facebook again, I spent too much time there in the last couple of days of this saying, uh, getting to the gym after New Year's or Christmas after the holidays and it's this big seal just kind of rolling across the ice, <laughs> like the, the fins not, uh, not even getting onto the ice. Um, you know, there's lots of jokes about resolutions. This isn't about just kind of a goal or a resolution, as I said earlier, because they can be a struggle when we get to the same point each year. We look back on the year before and say, oh, well, I did it last year and I only got so far and what's the point? I just, maybe I'll just do the same thing and it might be a repeating cycle. This word tonight about dreams is not about resolutions or goals. It's about getting breakthrough on your dreams. I don't stand up here to give a nice word to kind of say, you know, 2016, woohoo, we're going to party tonight, and 2017, turn over the calendar, let's go for it. What I'm saying tonight is this word and what I believe God has spoken to me is there are either collectively for us as a church or individually or both, there are people that are going to get a breakthrough on their dreams in 2017. And the seed for that can start tonight. Going to, in case you're wondering if I was going to use the Bible, yes, I will. Genesis 41, 14. Here is the word for everybody tonight. I've just been setting the scene so far. Thank you. Genesis 41, 14. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. The New Living Translation says, Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Here we have Joseph being sent for by the king, the ruler of the land, Pharaoh. He was quickly brought from the dungeon. There's a great message in a few presences ago where, I think it was Pastor Phil, but I feel like Mark Kelsey repeated it at some point and others have talked about. It took a long time in this message to get to the point, but basically God takes a long time to move suddenly. And this is a great example of that. 13 years since that dream, a number of that has been spent in prison. 13 years, and all of a sudden, the king is sending for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from where? The dungeon. Brought from that low place. Brought from imprisonment. Brought from the darkness. Because the king needed him. A dream was about to be fulfilled and it couldn't be fulfilled in a dungeon. And it was an appointed time. The, the years of prosperity were about to start. There was an appointed time that the king needed Joseph. He needed an interpretation. And then he shaved and changed his clothes, which speaks of he's getting prepared for that encounter, for that meeting, <clears throat> and he was dressed for the next stage. He came before Pharaoh, 
And at this point, the dream is about to be fulfilled. Things are about to get in motion. It might have taken nine more years for his family to arrive, but it was at this point, it was at this point where everything clicked. This dream of a teenager 13 years ago, it was at this appointed time where it was brought before the king and the dream was set forth on its course. So you might look back and, and Joseph at the time in Potiphar's house might have gone, this is pretty good. I'm in charge of Potiphar, who's part of the king's guard, who's high up in, in Pharaoh's you know, government or leadership. It's like, yeah, cool, I'm in charge of this house and I've got responsibility. He might, he might have looked at that circumstance and thought, this looks all right. This looks good. But responsibility, authority, people will do what I say. We, we jump around, you know, I, I say jump, they say how high. Um, but God had a bigger plan for him. That wasn't it. Maybe there's people out there that have had a dream and felt like you've sort of got some of it and you've been in that place where things are looking okay and then it's just, you know, the floor's given way. Um, every, everything just has turned to custard. Because God had a bigger plan for Joseph. It wasn't to be looking after uh, Potiphar's household. When his brothers come later in, in Genesis 45, verse 4, Joseph says to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. What incredible wisdom. 13 years. Mockery, slavery, jealousy, imprisonment, entrapment. Do not be distressed to his own family. Do not be angry with yourselves. It just sounds completely backwards. Shouldn't Joseph saying, I'm trying not to be angry with you? But he's telling them not to be angry with themselves for selling him. He says, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. What amazing perspective he's got. For two years now, there's been a famine in the land. and For the next five, there'll be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth to save your lives by a great deliverance. So God knew this famine would come. And he knew that the Hebrew people would need a place and food. So he worked all of this together for good for Joseph. As it says in the New Testament, God works together all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. There's a bigger plan in mind, even though we cannot see it, even though you might be in the dungeon, might be in the prison and not have any daylight, there is a bigger plan at work. See, God sent me ahead of you. He's basically saying, don't feel sad. It was God's plan all along. Genesis 41, 41. Just following on from when Pharaoh called Joseph, he interprets the dream. And so Pharaoh says to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger, a symbol of authority. He dressed him in the robes of fine linen. 
often taken his royalty or garments of royalty and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as the second in command. And people shouted before him, Make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. The Egyptians didn't even like Hebrew people. And I don't think much changed. I'm not an expert on the Middle East, but no, just the Middle East is, there's all sorts of weird stuff going on. Um, I watch a bit too much Madam Secretary <laughs> and 24 and those other shit. Uh, but he, his people, his background wasn't like, but he's put in charge of the whole country. Jordan's last Before we go further on to the dreams part, I encourage you to, to think about it. But here was Joseph, given dreams by God at the age of 17. Amazing dreams. Kind of hard to fathom how that could actually ever happen in dreams. But God was working all things together for good, for Joseph and for his people. And I just wonder something we do in every service. If there's anybody here who has maybe pictured God as a, as a bad God or not someone to have a relationship with, I want to provide an opportunity for you to accept God, accept the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that, as I said earlier, when I talked about hope and perspective on 2016 and 2017, Jesus dying on the cross was for our sins so that it could be washed away, as we sang before and we'll sing later. So that it can be washed away so that we can have access to eternal life, which gives us that perspective on things might look not so great on earth, but ultimately we're going to have eternal life and perfect health. Maybe things at the moment are looking like a dungeon kind of life. But God's got better things in mind. So just... I want to provide an opportunity in a moment for you to enter in a relationship with Jesus Christ, to accept the good things of God and that eternal life. So I just ask everybody to close their eyes. I just wonder if there's anybody who's never made that decision to accept Jesus and to have that relationship, to accept that forgiveness. In a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand. And I'll acknowledge it and we'll pray together. Maybe there's someone who has done that before. 2016, for all sorts of reasons, might have been an up and down or a bad year. Maybe it was a good year. But it was missing God. Or you feel further away from God at this point than you did last year. So I want to provide you an opportunity to make that decision or that commitment to Jesus again, to accept that relationship, enter that relationship, accept that forgiveness. So I'll ask you to also raise your hand in in a moment, and I'd love to pray with you, to make that decision that right here at the end of 2016, enter relationship with Jesus, and 2017, it's going to be the start of something amazing. Mark this last day of 2016 as the start of a fantastic relationship and leading to eternal life. 
So just ask if there's anybody who's never made that decision or needs to make that decision again, just to raise your hand nice and high and I'd love to pray with you this evening. Is there anybody at all? We do it in every service. We don't want to let a weekend go by without providing the opportunity. Just remain with your eyes closed or just ask the musicians to come up, please. Just to look to God right now, to think about his dreams for you for 2017. Maybe you've got goals, resolutions. Maybe they're around relationships, around family, maybe around children, around jobs or career. Maybe there's spiritual goals in there about your relationship with God, aspects of prayer life and reading the word and church life and commitment and volunteering. Maybe there's other dreams or goals. Just take a moment to ask God what his dreams are for you in 2017. And in a moment, the band is just going to play through the start of the next song. And as they do, I'd like to invite you as family units to discuss it amongst yourselves. If you're single, to just keep talking to God. He's probably going to give you a better dream anyway. He'll give you the perfect dream. And then to write those things down on that card. What does 2017 look like for you? What does God have in store for you for 2017? What is the dream that by the end of 2017? Hopefully there's something that you can identify that at the end of 2017 you would have achieved or Something would have come to pass in your life. Maybe it's a really big goal. So you could say, well, I've got this part through it. I've got this far through and I'm at this stage. Maybe it's something like saving, you want to buy a house and you need 50% of the deposit or 75%. Don't just put something that's like so far out there that you can't look back in one year's time and see the progress. Because you can look back in one year's time at these cards that you're writing on and look back and say, this is where I was and this is the progress I've made and we can take another step the following year. So maybe there is that big 13-year goal, 22-year goal that Joseph had. And put that down and then say, at the end of 2017, I want to be this far through it. So we're going to write the goals down on these cards and then after, after a little bit, I'm going to invite to come up row by row. I'd love to pray for you and for your goals for 2017, your dreams for 2017. Pastor Chris and Vicky are going to anoint. So I ask super practical mode, come down the left-hand side. I'll pray for you. Chris and Vicky will anoint your dreams with oil and then you can return to your seats. We're going to sing every giant will fall. Talk about nothing is impossible with God. Love the song. And I ask as you come forward to believe that. Believe nothing is impossible for, for our God. Nothing is impossible for he who believes. For anybody who believes. To believe that on your dreams. And we will be praying for that. You'll be anointed. Those dreams will be anointed. 
and then to continue in worship. Don't try to just rock back to seat. Okay, we're almost, almost there. But to really press in and worship, to press in that nothing is impossible, to worship like you believe this dream is going to happen, not just to put something on paper. So, just invite the, the band to start playing and I'm just going to give us a verse and chorus or so. Just to write down your dreams and then we're heading to bring you forward.